Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. What's up with the XFL coming back? I, I, there were rumors about it for the last couple of weeks, and then today, officially, Vince McMahon, uh, the president or owner, or I don't even know what his title is, but he owns, obviously, WWE. I still always want to say WWF, but it's a WWE that he owns, is trying to bring back the XFL, which was the failed experiment that he started back in, what, 2001? So it's almost 20 years later. Um, we have some sound bites from his press conference today that I want to get into. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this, but I don't understand how he thinks it's going to work this time around. Why now? What's going to be the difference? I mean, I don't know if he was asked for that. I, unfortunately, I was driving into work today. I don't think it was on the radio, so I didn't have a chance to listen to the whole thing. I saw some of the, you know, I read some of the quotes afterward, but so I don't know if he was necessarily asked that. I'm assuming he would be, but how the league lasted one year and by the way there are a lot of um if you're into this type of thing and even if you're not into the actual league itself which obviously not enough people are enough uh, or into the the XFL or warrant there's there's great stuff you could watch or listen to to get some info on it uh one of which is the they did a 30 for 30 on it a few months ago so I'm sure you could find that somewhere on the XFL and what went wrong with that that's very informative also, one of the best podcasts, if not the best podcast out there, called Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. They do uh, a, a whole episode on the XFL and what went on behind the scenes and all that stuff. Fascinating to find out the info. So I'm intrigued as a former wrestling fan. I would say maybe I'm a casual fan now, but really loved it when I was younger. And obviously a football fan. I'm just intrigued to see how he thinks that this is going to work as a business model when Across the board, and Babooch, you can correct me if I'm wrong, aren't the ratings down in the actual NFL right now? So does he think people are going to take advantage of that, or does he think that people are just kind of footballed out a little bit, being that it's on Thursday night, Monday night, all day Sunday, you know, the quality of play? If you, if, if those are con- issues, that, that that's what I think are the issues. Now, maybe people are thinking that it's that they, you know, guys need for the anthem and, and all that. I don't think that that's the issue. I think it's the oversaturation, the amount of games that are on, and then the lack of quality of play. Well, the XFL is going against two of those things. It's going to be more football, which is more saturation, and the quality of play is not going to be anywhere near the NFL level, uh, even if you take the you know horrific Thursday night games. I mean, the Thursday night games would be the Super Bowl of the XFL. They'd be fortunate to have that. So I'm just not sure where there is a fit um, for this league. All right, let's listen to Vince McMahon here. Uh, about players and the national anthem. As far as the national anthem is concerned, I think, again, it's a time-honored tradition to stand uh, and appreciate the national anthem with any sport uh, here in America, or for that matter, in any country, they do that. So I think it'd be appropriate to do that. Well, interesting to see if he would mandate that. Vince, how about the idea that uh, players would not be allowed to play in the league uh, if they have criminal records? No Johnny Manziel? One of the things when I said the quality of human being is very important and just as important as the quality of the player, what I mean by that is um, you want someone who who does not have any criminality whatsoever associated with them. And in the uh, XFL, even if you have a DUI, you will not play in the XFL. So that would probably eliminate some of them, uh, not all of them. If Tim Tebow wants to play, he, he could very well play. 
Yeah, first of all, the league would that would be the first player they'd have to sign if they were smart would be Tim Tebow. I mean, what are you doing otherwise? But obviously talking about Johnny Manziel because Manziel does in fact, I mean, I believe he's got DUI. That's one of the probably the lesser things that Manziel uh, has done. I actually like that rule. No zero tolerance policy uh, for McMahon. The problem that I have is, I mean, he's run a company for years that has had multiple issues. I mean, DUIs would be the, the least of which. I mean, you're talking about the drug stuff, the DUIs, guys... You know, killing others and killing themselves. It just so now he's going to be the one that's going to take over a you know a no nonsense clean uh, football league. That's again, I'd like to see that applied. I am very intrigued by this. How about uh, on the length of games? Sitting and watching a three three and a half hour game is laborious sometimes. Sometimes it's not depending upon the quality of the play. Agreed. But uh, it, it, we intend to have a much faster game. We're going to try to get to two hours. That's our goal uh, and. That's an experience, I think, that most people would enjoy and doesn't take up a lot of their time. And the problem is going to be, as you as you mentioned there, the quality of the play. And, and what kind of demo are we looking at? What kind of, I mean, are we looking at, obviously Tebow would be the, the, the lone star if he did choose to do that. Who knows at this point? But, I mean, what, what other guys are we looking at? Last time the best player in the league was uh, Tommy Maddox, who was the, the MVP. I mean, Tommy Maddox was the backup quarterback in the NFL. I mean, that's what we're looking at? I mean, is, is Kellen Clemens going to go out there? Or, uh, you know, maybe Christian Hackenberg will finally be able to take the field? I mean, that, that's the type of player that we're looking at to be. I, I just, it's hard to find, it's hard enough to find quality players to compete in the NFL. How are you going to find guys that are quality in the XFL? Uh, again, it's very intriguing to me. I'm glad he's trying to do it because I, I, I love the storyline uh, of the whole thing. I just don't see how it's possibly going to work. Give me the last one here on talking about uh, Donald Trump. I have no idea um, whether or not President Trump will support this. And, and let me, just an opportunity for me to say that as far as our league is concerned, it'll have nothing to do with politics. Absolutely nothing and nothing to do with social issues either. We're there to play football. Amen. Really good football. And I think that's what fans want as well. When they tune in, I don't know that they want to be dealing with political issues and things of that nature. They want good football. That's what we're going to deliver. No, I, I look, amen to that. But the problem is when I'm watching an NFL game, I don't, I, I, I don't think about social issues. I'm sorry. I don't. I try to watch the game because I, I want to enjoy football the way that I was when I was a I'm a fan. Growing up, you're a football fan. That's what I care about, good football. So he nailed that. It's refreshing to hear somebody come out and say that. The problem is, can he actually produce that? I'm I'm not so sure about that. And like I said, the other thing is, it may be talked about on social media. It may be talked about by some of the players in the league office. But push comes to shove, they kick off the ball at 1 o'clock on Sunday or 4 or 8 o'clock, whenever it may be, whatever day your game is on, nobody's cared about that. You're caring about your team and trying to go out there and get a win. Dan is in Massapequa. Dan, what's up? Hey, good evening. Uh, I disagree with you on the concept that they couldn't put together quality uh, teams. They're only trying to look for six and make a quality I thought it was eight. Is six true or is it eight? Well, even if it's eight, you're talking about 320 football players. Uh, rosters of 40. You know, you can. I can go to minor league baseball, minor league basketball. We have college basketball, which in effect is minor league basketball. There's a thousand division. Now, a little teams. different. You get young college, hungry young college kids, a little different than guys who can't make right, it in the you, pros. Right, but if you take the college, if you take the uh, the NFL draft, if you're only taking three percent of the kids playing, make three percent of the kids that play division one football make the NFL. Well. 
you really think that the next three percent that would play in the XL? Yes, you're not going to get the great football the stars right off the bat. Well, let me ask you this, Dan. Let me ask you this. Do you think because I just thought of this as you're talking about it? You know, NFL teams have practice squads, right? When sometimes those guys got to get called up to be on the actual team. Do you think a practice squad player would leave the NFL, whatever contract, to go to the XFL for a more lucrative deal? I mean, if so, then if so, then it's going to have an impact on some of the talent that maybe the NFL would would it secure. Depends if it would be more lucrative, but I mean, we have the Canadian Football League. They seem to be happy with it. Doug Flutie played there. Warren they Moose still have that? that. That's still going on. They right, still so, have the Canadian Football League. Sure, they do. So, like I'm saying, when I go to watch the Long Island Ducks, and I'm a baseball fan, right? When I'm watching that game, that's a professional baseball game, and you don't. You, if you got if there, if I was at City Field, except for the star power. Those are professional players. The ground balls are not going through their legs. I go to watch a college football game. It's a football game. I mean, if it's, yeah, if it's I, I think it's independent league is a little different than college, though. I've I've seen the Ducks that, play. It, I mean, you know, come on. If the game is ten dollars to go to, when a hot dog is a buck. They're going to get fifteen, twenty thousand people to go just because people want to spend money. I went to the Nassau Coliseum and watched. 4,000 people watch a Division D League Long Island Net basketball game because it's $5 to get in and $2. You know, it's a, it's so, interesting point, Dan. For me, I'm the opposite. I would not do that unless it's it's just how I am. The Major League stuff I like. I, I go to the Duck games and I look, it's convenience on Long Island. It's great for family. I just can't get into it because it, it does nothing for me. My, my passion is with the Major League sports, but well, for you, somebody your, like your you. Team is with the, your passion is with a particular team, but. I could watch a, a little league baseball game, and, and I'm watching. Ba- I'm trying to say it's all a value. I wouldn't go to a Broadway play. I wouldn't pay a uh, hundred dollars to watch my school's kids play. But if I go there, I'm going to enjoy the product for the price that I'm paying for it. Yeah, so interesting. Have that, you know, I can have NFL ratings or NFL. But you know what? If if it's something different and people like football, and you're talking about the beginning of the baseball season where people pretty much aren't in it, you are going against the NBA and NHL hockey playoffs at that point. When did he say the season's going to start? I should know this. I saw it, but I forget. It's going to be in the spring, April. You have the. We got to get the info on that. Thanks for the call, Dan. I appreciate it. Look, I can understand. I'm intrigued by it. When it comes back, I will probably check it out the first couple of games or so. I, again, I'm not interested. I don't have well, – what they used to have here, oh, the Arena Football League. Remember that, the uh, the City Hawks or something like that? I went to a game with a buddy of mine when we were young just to go into the city, go check it out the garden. But, I mean, do you really care? And the quality of – why would I care about a CFL team or an Arena Football League team or the XFL when my passion my whole life is toward the NFL? I, I, I don't know if there's room for two. That's just me, though. And I'm sure there are going to be people like Dan. I'm sure there are going to be people like me. Are there enough people like Dan who are going to invest in it to make it sustainable for more than one year like it was the last time? 800-321-0710. What's worse with Paboots when we come back on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. Welcome back to the Sports Zone. 800-321-0710 is the number. It's been a fun show filling in for Pete, who is going to get married this weekend. Pete taking the plunge. He'll be back, uh, I guess he's coming back Monday, and then I'll do a show with him next Wednesday, uh, and we go from there. But uh, Pete's going to be a married man next time we see him. So I'll be in from uh, today and tomorrow. Baboot's producing those shows. And now, how come you didn't get invited to his wedding? Uh, it's far away. I, it's, I guess did, he was did, did, being, yeah, uh, He didn't even invite you? 
Uh, I was not invited. You know, we did that Queens baseball convention thing uh, this past weekend, and Mary, one of the big listeners, uh, came up to uh, – she saw me and Pete and, and, you know, was talking about different things. and was like, oh, you going to the wedding? I was like, no, I didn't get invited. And she was shocked to hear that, and then I thought about it. I was like, hmm, should I have been? But no, no, I didn't invite him to mine. You know, whatever. We're just radio buddies, I guess. But you – you should have made the cut. Yes, I have spent more time with him over the past four years than his fiance. But, right. Uh, no, I, I wasn't. I didn't care. I, for the record, I invited you to. Now you didn't come. You did give a gift, which I appreciate. But I did invite you to my way. I mean, at least send the invite. He knows you're not going to go. Yeah, I mean, and I did send him a gift, but see again, you do the classy <laughs> move. Did he have to explain it? Did you ask why you was? Did he? Explain? I did not. I did, has not come up. Really? Um, I did not. This is bizarre. I did not bring it up. I, it doesn't. Bo- it doesn't bother me. I, I'm not saying it bothers you. It bothers me. But How could he not invite you? I mean, listen. He probably knew I wouldn't have gone. Understood. Um, but at the same time, you know, it would have been nice to have been asked. But How I, does I, I he don't, not invite me? It's a small thing. He's having a small thing. I get it. No, I get it. You know, it's awkward to ask. When you have a destination wedding, it's tough to ask people to come because people probably would come if they were invited, but you're asking them to spend a lot of money and travel and do the whole thing. And um, so... I know that, but still, at the very least, there could have been a conversation. Hey, listen, it's a win-win for me. Yeah, a win-win for him and a win-win for me. More so for him because he didn't have to waste the money on the invitation, and he still gets a gift. He spent too uh, too much time together. All right, so, we welcome in, uh, obviously, Joe Kersey, Baboots, our producer here. What do we got? Before we get to what's worse, I'm just in a Twitter fight now uh, with you know one of these bloggers that covers the Mets. Who is this? Uh, Matt Cerrone oh, yeah, of uh, Mets Blog. So he put out this poll. It's a dopey, dopey poll. Uh, obviously, the news we talked earlier in the show, if you're just joining us, that Lorenzo Cain signed with the Brewers, right. five years, $80 million. And he said, should the Mets have topped the five-year, $80 million deal given to Lorenzo Cain? Mm. And I posed the question before or after they signed Bruce. If, you know, should they have signed him instead right. of Bruce? And it's one or the other. You're not signing. You, right. you have Cespedes you're spending $100 and million dollars on. Conforto's under control. And where does he fit? So you either have one or the other, in my opinion. Right. I mean, what do I know about the Mets? No, we talked about it before. I yeah. agree, yeah. So I just got in this whole back and forth, and now he's these people, these these bloggers are so sensitive, and they're like, I mean, the thin skin now. Well, it doesn't he's make any sense. Subtweeting me and not including me in the tweet. To what try does that mean? What does that mean? Like he's tweeting about me, but doesn't tag me in the tweet. It's like a little child throwing a temper tantrum. I don't and, get it. Uh, it's just childish. Anyway, well, to your point, just to wrap it up real quick. Not, I mean, it's a silly poll. I mean, it's either Kane. Yes, or it's, Bruce. it's an agenda-based poll. Basically, he's trying to get. People Obviously, it's going to be overwhelmingly. Every Met fan is going to say, "Yes, they should have paid him eighty million. Spend the money." And now he's going to write a little dopey blog article. Oh, ninety-one percent of Met fans in my Twitter poll said the Mets should have signed Lorenzo Cain. The question becomes, and we talked about this before when we heard about the signing: Would you rather have Bruce for three thirty-nine or Cain for five for eighty? That's what the poll is, and even that I think would be skewed toward Lorenzo Cain. Maybe I'll put my own poll out. Yeah, do that. You know, that's a good idea. All right. After we get through this, I'm going to have a better poll and. This is going to be the true Mets fan poll, and we'll we'll put it out there because uh, some people, unbelievable. And then I'll get a phone call tomorrow. Why do you never have me on the radio? Anyway, here we go. W-O-R Sports Zone. For God's sakes, don't make it any worse. What's worse? Uh, all right, so I have three things here. We'll get through them all very quickly because I know we have the great Howie Rose coming up in a little while. Um, but the, the Yankees. Oh, I love when I – we can make fun of the Yankees. It's always a do? good time. Well, it's not the actual Yankees. It's one of their minor league affiliates okay. uh, who happen to be the Trenton Thunder. 
Okay. The Trenton Thunder. I used to grow up going to Trenton Thunder games. Uh, I remember when, you know, some of the players, I saw like Alfonso Soriano play Which there. Which level is this? Is this double A? I think a? this is A ball. Oh, A ball. Okay. Um, but so the equipment it's, it's will be close. the Cyclones? It's, it's closer than Scranton. So when the Yankees are home and they have a guy rehabbing, usually they'll right. go there or Staten Island, depending on, you know, what team's in town. So I know Jeter's played for the Trenton Thunder, mm-hmm. A-Rod, um, a lot of guys. Andy Pettit pitched for them a couple times. So, uh, you know, I've gone to their park, Arm and Hammer Park down in Trenton. Beautiful ballpark. Hmm. Uh, a lot of fun. Never been. So they're going into their 25th season, and, you know, their New Jersey minor league baseball team. This might be the dumbest promotion I've ever heard of. And there's been a lot of dumb minor league promotions. What do we, what do we got? And, all right. So on Friday, May 18th, the Thunder are going to change their name just Friday, for that okay. night, and then every Friday during the season, and they are going to be the Thunder Pork Roll. Thunder Pork Roll? Yes, with a special uniform because as uh, their team president or the, the GM and COO said, Pork Roll is a New Jersey staple that can be served on everything from breakfast sandwiches to burgers, and we're thrilled to celebrate it on a daily basis. Wait, they're going to be... so it, A it's breakfast gonna be- meat. They're going to be a meat. They're going to be pork. I've never even I've never even heard of a pork roll. You never come on. No, like, so you look, live in New Jersey now. I know pork well, roll, egg and barely. cheese. Taylor ham. Have you heard of Taylor ham? Um, probably. That's how heard people. Of it, but uh, I don't know what no outside of New Jersey call it. No, I don't know what that. So so get, uh, a pork so roll. I mean, I've heard of an egg roll. They're going to be the Trenton Thunder pork roll. The Trenton on Friday Thunder nights this pork summer. roll. It's the stupidest thing. And, and it's going to have giveaways. They're going to have uh, um, a special confused. pork roll apron giveaway to the first 1,025 fans ages 21 and older. I guess I guess you have to be from Jersey to Presented by even... Case's Pork Roll and $1 pork roll sandwiches throughout the game. Well, that's not a bad idea, I'm assuming, if you like pork rolls. <laughs> I've never uh, – I mean, you're a Jersey guy, so you're familiar with the pork roll. Yeah, of course. I don't know. You never had a pork roll, egg, and cheese? No. All right. I'm there's going to be the there's going to be some uh, uh, Pete's going to be have some shows when he goes on his honeymoon, mm-hmm. and you're going to be filling in for uh, a week or two. Mm-hmm. I am going to bring you a pork roll, egg and cheese, yeah. and a bacon egg and cheese. I'm dieting. And I don't you, know if well, that's going to fit. You know, the... listen, you'll have to just do it for the radio. I'm trying do to think of what the, I'm trying to think of what the equivalent would be. You know, being that I'm from Long Island or something in the uh, city. Like, I, I mean. mean uh, producer Mark, like the Brooklyn slices of pizza or something like that. No, I like, mean, have you had a pork roll, egg, and cheese? I have. I don't really like pork roll. Okay, but I'm if, saying like if the Mets were going to, you know what it is? It renamed the Cyclones, the Brooklyn Cyclone slices of pizza. Yeah, or something slice like that. of pizza. That's I guess New York thin crust, something yeah. like that. <laughs> Brooklyn hot dogs. New York. All right. Yeah, Coney Island's right, right. there. Um, they play next to Nathan's. The Brooklyn so. footlongs or something like that. Or, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you're trying to come up with a with the, the hot dog. Show the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of ways I guess you could go with that, but I've honestly never heard of a pork roll. Well, anyway, I've heard of a, a cutty roll. Have just you had because that? we have to fill out the, you know, what's worse, you have to have two two stories. I'll what save else? this other one maybe for tomorrow. Okay. Um, but speaking of food, mm-hmm. Taco Bell. Yes, I love Taco Bell. Yeah, well, Taco Bell's stupid. Why? Do you know what they did? Do you know their latest stunt? I don't know this. By the way, they're sponsored. We should make sure. They are, and I do love Taco Bell. It's great. See, there you go. But I didn't even know that. This idea is dumb. You could be great but have dumb ideas. They're serving French fries now. 
Taco Bell does not need to be serving French fries. That is fascinating. Why would they feel the need to do because that? Because that's what they do. It's and they're cheap, so they serve them for like do a buck. You have a buck. picture of them? Yeah, I mean here, here. You can take a look all here. sorts of different fries, uh, and they have like uh, they have Ooh. now French fry nachos where you can get you know the meat and pico and uh, queso. I'm not gonna lie. These actually look pretty good. Oh, stop! Come you on. don't think they look good? I mean, I'm sure they look good on paper and on commercial, but when you actually get to Taco Bell, I don't think they look like that. I don't know. They. I, I was gonna say originally but listen, no, but they actually. I'm look a fast food connoisseur. All right, look at me. I used to be. Um, I, I I know all about fast food, and the thing to fast food is, and if I were you know running one of these companies, stay in your lane. Yeah. All right. Well, if like you're in life, a Taco right? Bell, be good at making tacos that make you go to the bathroom a half hour later. Stick with what you're good at. McDonald's. Burgers, you, they've gotten away with the chicken nuggets. Now they want to do the coffee. They want to be like a Starbucks. No, no salads and things like that. Stay in your lane. Yeah. That's all. Right. It, I don't need, and when I want French fries, I'm going to go to probably McDonald's. They have good French fries. Um, you know, I'm not going to Taco Bell for I French I like these fries. games. One day we should do it where we rank the uh, rank the French fries. Uh, yeah, the ringer did that. Uh, hundred yeah, like Top that. 100 fast food items, and I tore it apart. I, it's interesting to me that they would go that route. I would never think to go there for fries, nor do you want to talk. By the way, best French fries? Chick-fil-A. The waffle fries at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I don't like Chick-fil-A is just great. Everything you get there. Even I've had their chicken soup. Amazing. I love the sandwich. I don't know about the fries. But you don't want... I mean, fries are a good sign for a burger, not necessarily a taco. Although they do look pretty and, good. And uh, they, you can uh, upgrade like burritos and add the French fries into the burritos. Into the burrito? Yeah. Mm. Interesting. I'm starving, so don't tempt me now. But Taco Bell is my favorite. If I had a rank right now, uh, favorite fast food, I think Taco Bell would probably be number one. Think Pete's going to have a salad on his wedding night? Yeah. I mean, Pete doesn't eat anything. He actually looked pretty slim out there, but I know he loves drinking. So Pete's a big beer guy, so he wants to eat salads but drink beer. Uh, and by well, the way, you, you didn't hear this. We talked about it the other night. He got a pedicure this week. All right. Because he's wearing flip-flops. I, I, you know what? I have no issue with that. Right. As long as he didn't paint his toenails, I'm okay with that. I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't gotten a pedicure in a while. As a matter of fact, I'm due. 800-321-0710. That's what's worse. What the boots. When we come back, we'll talk to the voice of the Mets, Howie Rose, right here on the Sports Zone, Salicata, and for Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Now, more of the WOR Sports Zone. And for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. Taking it to 9 o'clock here on the Sports Zone. Pete's away, about to get married, so I'm here for the next couple of nights. Right now, it is an honor to welcome in one of my idols, uh, the voice of the New York Mets, right here on WR, Howie Rose. Howie, thanks for taking a couple of minutes. Appreciate it. You're so kind all the time. Did I really meet you as a kid? You, yeah. <laughs> you did, and I was just thinking well, of it, too. It is bizarre for me, Howie. Imagine that, a kid who grew up you know, loving you. I know I'm not alone, but I, I grew up loving you and watching you and Fran Healy on Sports Channel and you know, listening to you on the fan, and now, now having you in, being interviewed on, on my show. I can't believe that. Uh, that. That's really nice, and you do a great job, and I always like coming on with you. So, hello. Appreciate it. By, by the way, you still talk to Fran Healy? How's he doing? I haven't heard from him I in a have, long time. You know what? He called me a couple of years ago about something, and we had some laughs over the phone, but... Um, I'm sure he and his family are doing well, and uh, I enjoyed my time working with him, that's for sure. I just went back and was watching um, Piazza. You know, Hoffman obviously makes the Hall of Fame, and I thought back to the Piazza home run off of Hoffman, and you and Fran obviously had that call, so it was uh, fresh in my mind listening to you two. But some Mets news today, Howie. Uh, they signed Jose Reyes. I was surprised, not that they're bringing him back, but at the price that they're bringing him back, do you have an issue with giving Reyes $2 million? 
Not so much. I just want to know what the $2 million is for. Is he going to be an everyday player, or is he going to be kind of an all-purpose reserve? If it's the latter, I feel a lot more comfortable with it than I do about him at this stage of his career being an everyday player. I'm just not sold, and I'm not discounting the possibility that he can still be a useful everyday player. I just don't know if I would budget for that. Well, and that's the thing, right? Normally, okay, who cares? Financially, I'm not talking about the $2 million. I'm just talking about, is this a guy you think is going to give you 500 at-bats and, and, and the kind of production commensurate with um, you know the role that you expect him to play? Yeah, I, I guess that's the issue that, that I'd have. I, I, look, when he first came here, I thought he was nothing more than a 25th man. He actually had a good first season when he when he came over, and then obviously last year was up and down. But on, on a team where they said that they're you know going to be restricted here, and maybe only have ten million more to spend, they spent two million on Reyes, who I envision as like, you're talking about a bench player, twenty fifth guy. Maybe they have you know more in mind for him, accounting for his dribble Cabrera being out with some injuries along the way, maybe filling in at short or some more at second base. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I'm with you. I think he's got to be a bench player here moving forward because I'm not so sure what else Reyes can add right now. Well, I think, you know, frankly, Sal, we all have to kind of rein ourselves in a little bit and say, look, it's still January 25th, and and the roster, as will be presented on opening day, is not yet the roster that uh, you see today. And so I don't know if they're going to sign a third baseman. I don't know if they're going to sign a second baseman. certainly seems like they're more inclined to get one of those positions filled via trade than free agent signing. But the thing I wonder about, too, when you think about the bench, is are we only going to be looking at a four-man bench most of the way? Because if the plan really is to limit several of these starting pitchers to a couple of times through the order, and I'm not sold yet that that's really going to happen, but if that, in fact, is at least the preliminary plan, then common sense dictates you're probably going to need an eight-man bullpen. And if you need an eight-man bullpen, that means you're going with a four-man bench. Well, you're going to need at least one extra outfielder, and certainly, it will, you know, let's just say Conforto is back May 1st, and, and for the sake of this discussion, we're talking beyond May 1st. Well, do you have room then with a four-man bench for Lagaris and Nimmo? And I would submit that there are going to be times, and maybe a lot of them, you're going to want to inject Lagaris into a lineup late in the game for defense if you have a lead. You've got the backup catcher. You know Wilmer Flores has a spot on the roster. So is there room for Jose Reyes and another outfielder under those circumstances? I'm not sure. Um, so I, I'm really intrigued by, by the Reyes signing, not so much for what it is at face value, but for what it portends the rest of the offseason. Yeah, and it's interesting you bring that up because I was, you know, the first thing is, okay, well, they give him this, and, you know, but he's also guaranteed now a roster spot. And I start going over the numbers, and you're right. I mean, I come up with at least 14 guys. Now, look, I know injuries happen and things like that, but they're going to, you would expect they're going to carry a bunch of pitchers on that staff. And then you look at the bench, the, the roster spots are limited. I know you can't account for David Wright. Uh, you know, who knows with TJ Rivera when he's going to come back, but also you're figuring in adding a new second baseman. Those spots are limited, so it is fascinating to see who's spot necessarily Ray is going to take once Conforto does come back uh, by May. And you know Conforto being an outfielder, remember Reyes last year was asked to shag some balls and get a little time in the outfield and that never really materialized but I wonder whether that's part of the plan here too for Reyes to be an all-purpose guy, transcendent of just working around the infield because again the way they're projected to use a pitching staff 
meaning I think the inevitability of at least for a good chunk of the season before September 1st, an eight-man bullpen, then you really better have some versatility on that bench. And for that reason, and I don't mean to get off the track here, Sal, because I'm curious what you think, but I am a card-carrying traditionalist. I think that's been pretty well established. But if the wave of the future and the immediate future really is to have eight-man bullpens, then don't you really, as much as I hate to say it, have to consider the National League going to the designated hitter to give the manager a little more flexibility? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm a traditionalist myself, a purist. I hate that idea, but it's also an unfair advantage that the American League teams have. The Mets are at a disadvantage trying to build a team here when they don't have the luxury of a DH spot. And you're right, the way that the pitching has gone here, it would make sense. But how about, Howie, just the sheer disadvantage that you would have You know, signing a guy to a five-year deal, knowing that at the back end of that you could use him as a DH or moving different guys around or giving guys rest. I I think it's an unfair uh, advantage that the American League has when constructing a team before we even get started in the season having the DH. Uh, It's a totally different game. But again, if this is the way pitchers are going to be utilized, then I don't know that you can hamstring a manager the way National League managers are going to be hamstrung if they have eight-man bullpens. Mm. It is interesting, and your point is a good one about Reyes being, you know, versatile on that what what appears to be or what likely will be a shortened bench. So why not have a guy who could do multiple things, whether it's short, second, third, or play the outfield? You kill a lot of birds with one stone there with Reyes. I agree. I mean, there's just no way around it anymore that you know a bench player can't be pigeonholed into just one slot you've got to be able to play multiple positions what would be next for you i know that the likely move that they keep talking about uh, a second baseman preferably or a third baseman whether it's trade via free agency who would you target to be that guy for this club well i mean i kind of like the the package that todd frazier presents i'm intrigued by eduardo nunez who i've never thought was a great defender Not that I've seen that much of him being primarily an American League player, apart from his time with the Giants. But, you know, I'm I'm just a little curious how they're going to go based on the fact that they didn't catch the ball as well as they should have last year. And I look at it as Grubel Cabrera now, and if, in fact, the plan is to play him at third base, I think a lot of that might be predicated. I've not talked to anybody in the organization about this specifically, But there have to be some concerns about the amount of range that Cabrera noticeably lost last year. I mean, you could certainly see that when he played shortstop. Now, if you're going to ask him to play second base, if they were to go out and sign a third baseman, well, now you're asking a guy who's a year older who had very little range at shortstop moving over to the right side of the diamond when if he's going to have to go to his right on balls up the middle going across his body with one year less range than he had last year, I don't know. know. I'd be a little concerned about that. Uh, They need to catch the ball a lot better than they did last year. Uh, Ahmad Rosario has a long way to go before becoming a polished major leaguer, but he'll certainly be a... Uh, at least a positive step in that regard because they really did tighten up in the middle of the infield once he came up. Yeah, and that's why Nunez would worry me, the up-the-middle defense. Uh, he, I mean, what I've, what I've seen of him, and, and like you, I'm a National League guy, but I, mean, I remember him being a liability, I mean, defensively. So, uh, And the idea of Neil Walker worries me a little bit. I don't necessarily love the same exact team coming back. Harrison would be the guy, but would you give up Brandon Nimmo to get Josh Harrison? I'm, I'm not so sure they're in a position where they could do that. Well, you have two years of control with Harrison. The question about Brandon Nimmo, I think, is, is he anything more than a fourth outfielder at the major league level? And I love the fact that for a guy as young as he is, 
that he's got a very mature approach and was able to become something of a pretty polished, if you can use that word, about a kid that young at this position, pinch hitter. Don't discount that. I mean, he gave them quality at bats off the bench sometimes in key points of games. You can't necessarily say that uh, that's not a, a significant thing. I love Josh Harrison. I love a lot of what he brings to the table. He's got what we used to call spit and vinegar, hmm. and he's uh, versatile. He can play a number of different positions, and he can hit, and he can run. He's got some speed. He can steal a base, and I like his personality. It's effervescent, and I think he can pick up a clubhouse. So I, I actually like Josh Harrison a whole lot, but I just don't know whether the Mets feel that um, Brandon Nimmo, who they've got full control of for, I think, Five more years. I don't even know if he had enough service time last year to, to where they'd have anything less than six years service time uh, for Nimmo. I, I, I know that enters into it. I don't know how big a role that plays, but boy, I'm intrigued with the prospect of getting a Josh Harrison. I'd love to see it. I, I think he would be the home run move out of uh, all the options that uh, are, that are left. We're talking about, of course, Howie Rose, voice of the Mets right here on WOR. Season not too far away. Uh, Howie, you, you saw, I'm assuming, the, the move today with uh, the Brewers signing Lorenzo Cain, five years, $80 million. I'll ask you the question that I posed before. Would you rather, if you're the Mets, have Jay Bruce at 3-for-39 or Lorenzo Cain at 5-for-80? funny game now, isn't it? You know, you've got the three, what do they call them, the three primary outcomes, a strikeout, a walk, or a home run. <laughs> and Jay Bruce certainly gives you a lot of home run potential in a sport that is rife with guys who have uh, certainly learned the launch angle necessary to get a ball out of the ballpark. So I understand that's a big part of it, and that's what they like. Uh, the thing that would turn me off about Kane now, knowing what we know tonight, is uh, I, I'm just... I'm not crazy about giving a 31-year-old who relies on his legs in large part a five-year deal. I, I just think that's that's overshooting it. I'm surprised given the difficult market that this has proven to be for free agents this year that the Brewers went five years for him, but that's their issue. And 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 you know, adding yell. I mean, look, they're gonna. They're going to be an intriguing team, but I don't think I would have been excited about going five years for a 31-year-old guy who relies on his wheels. Yeah, interesting. I thought, I mean, look, you're right about, you know, it's his legs and, you know, in year four and five of that deal, is it going to be worth it? But we know the Mets don't have a true center fielder or at least an everyday center fielder. And I was surprised that that's the amount that he got, Howie. I thought it would be initially, I mean, people were initially talking seven years plus and who knows about the money, but $16 million a year for Lorenzo King doesn't seem that pricey to me but again you tack it on the two additional years which I guess is the issue there and we've seen how things have <laughs> come back to the owners a little bit now in terms of what the market has been for players like Kane and like Bruce I mean I think Jay Bruce at the outset last year thought that if he had a big year he'd be in line for Cespedes type money well obviously that didn't happen and it's not happening at least to this point for a lot of players who thought they were in for a larger pay they, than they're going to get. And if it's simply a market correction that the owners are engineering on their own, then so be it. Maybe you could say it's, it's long overdue. But I think for the player, Lorenzo Kane, it's a good deal. And I think for the Milwaukee Brewers in the short term, it's a very good deal. 
We'll see if that's a contract that becomes an albatross a couple of years from now. Would you look to, Howie, and I've been talking about this myself, uh, it would be one move I would definitely look into, uh, Jonathan Lucroy. Would you look to upgrade the catching, or at least in my eyes, I know he had a down year last year, both offensively and defensively, but I think you know the way the market is now, coming back a little bit, I can't imagine him getting a, a very expensive deal. I would look to maybe upgrade at catcher. I know Darno here year six, they're hoping for more from him. I know Ploiecki showing positive signs last year. Uh, would would that be a move that you would think you you might be intrigued by, or you think that they'll be okay with the catching the way that it is? You use the word intrigued, and I'd be intrigued by the analytics in the Mets organization about how much better off they think they would be with Jonathan Lucroy, because you have to factor in that last year was a down year for him, and I don't know what the length of the contract is going to be. I'm almost more concerned about the length than I am the price. Um, I think maybe the whole payroll thing is overblown just a little bit because, you know, for a couple of million here, a couple of million there, I don't think that's going to be the difference between bringing in a player you want. But when you start talking about guys in their 30s who are getting a multitude of years, that I think becomes a little bit more of the red flag. But I, I would I would love to see the analytics and how much of an upgrade they feel they would be getting with a Lucroy over what they would get even from a, a tandem of Darno and Ploiecki because you're taking resources that could be targeted somewhere else and are you spending them for a huge upgrade or a marginal one? And I think that's clouded by the year Lucroy had last season. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that uh, coming off a down year, and you know, I, I get, I bet that the stats or whatever that they have to look into would show that it's not going to be that much of a difference. Hence, we're going to be watching Darno and Ploiecki again, and you just yeah, hope. Sal, I'm sorry. The thing That's is, okay. catching's a tricky thing. If you want to upgrade, and obviously free agency is, is an easy way to do it, apart from whatever the terms and the expenditure, but if you, if you were in the market for a catcher and you were going to make a move and you were going to trade something of value for a catcher, again, you have to weigh the asset that you're giving up, whether it's money or a player, against how much better off you'll be with what that player or catcher specifically will give you apart from what they have now. I don't know that there's a catcher available who can give them a whole lot more, frankly. Yeah, it's been a rough one. Real quick, Howard, before we let you go, uh, this this Callie, I'm not familiar with her last name, but on Twitter you saw Callie Quinn uh, looking for did. looking for 500 retweets. I don't know where we stand, but last I saw she was, okay, there we go, 445 or so. Are you going to have her up in the booth and take a picture? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be, you know, it's been a long time since I had my high school prom, so to be a part of another one, that would be sweet. I'd love to help Callie out, and I hope people all – uh, you know, people do as well, and, and they jump on the bandwagon and get her up to five hundred thousand as soon as possible. Was there so a Met game? Uh, sorry to cut you off. Was there a Met game you remember missing uh, during the night of your prom? What are you nuts? <laughs> you know I tell you what, Sal. Um, I, I, uh, in full disclosure here, okay, I graduated Cardoza High School in Bayside in nineteen seventy-two. I don't even think we had a prom. It was a different era then. It was a little bit of. Um, you know, we were still kind of children of the 60s and the early 70s, and, you know, proms weren't real cool back then. And, you know, we had our own little parties and celebrations for graduation, but we didn't have a full-blown prom the way they do now. And um, I, I just really don't have very many recollections of those days that included dates, whether they were proms 
for, for anything else. So um, this is a whole different era as far as I'm concerned. And if I can be the teeniest, tiniest part of it by getting Kelly up to the booth and maybe put a headset on her and, and um, you know, she can make believe she's on the air talking to Josh and, um, <laughs> and you know, dealing with Madge. I mean, you know, just I, I think Madge just in and of himself might make a great date for Kelly. Yeah, oh, that would be great to see. Thanks, Howie. Appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Sal. Be well. All right. Callie there, well on her way to the uh, 500 retweets that uh, she's going to need to get out there and have some fun and her prom night at City Field. All right, we'll be back to wrap it up after this.